I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So buckle up! See, Claire is telling me her eye is swollen. She has been talking about it all morning, and the only reason why I believe it and why I see it now is because she was laughing, and one eye closed and the other didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, hurts to, it hurts to close it too hard for a good laugh. I think what happened, yesterday I could feel something was wrong with it. I kept having to turn my contact over. I have weighted contacts for my astigmatism, mm-hmm. and I Oh, that's what you mean. Got it. Which is not too unusual. I mean, it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I kept having to like turn the contact over all evening, and then last night I was like rubbing my eye, so maybe I have like a scratch up, up under it. That could be it. I don't know. It hurts. It uh-huh. hurts. Like mounting on my eyeball. Oh no. <laughs> Did that help? Yeah. Great. Eye stuff is weird, though. It I, is. Yeah. I wear glasses and I wear contacts. And, like, I can't wear my glasses too long because they start to weigh on my face. And I just feel like my face is 10 pounds heavier than the rest of my body. I mean, it is because your head is. But, like, it feels like my glasses are weighing me down. That's how you know that you're a skinny guy. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Finally! That's how I know. Right. But also, for people that don't wear glasses out there, you should know that when people go to the eye doctor to get updated prescriptions, they're getting two sets of prescriptions because the contacts sit against the pupil of the eye and the glasses being just slightly away are sometimes a different number. True. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's And also, glasses can't fix an astigmatism. Contacts can. Right. Mm-hmm. You gotta get these normalized lenses. You you have them, right? I believe so. I don't have an astigmatism. No. I just have like. So if you have a really strong prescription like mine, you have to get when you order glasses. It'll be the kind that make your eyes look like bug eyes, mm. and then you have to pay extra for them to do a special laser treatment on the lens so that they look. When people look at you, you don't have bug eyes. You have normal eyes. That just blew my mind a little because bit. Right. My best exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Want to know a weird fact about me? Yes, I do. I don't know who my eye doctor is. Why not? Because I, around this time last year, I went to the eye doctor, got everything checked out, everything was fine. I ordered literally a year's worth of lenses, which are going to carry me into 2019. And I just don't remember who I went to. I remember where the office was. I just don't remember his name or, um, yeah. <sighs> but I had to 
to render my prescription. So I couldn't take the prescription and order them from 1-800-CONTACT right. or whatever's cheaper. I spent like $600. Yikes. Yeah. Right onto the credit card. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh. Yeah. Same. I do that by accident. Like I forget how long. Like I have biweekly, so like I forget how long it's been since I changed them out. Mm-hmm. So that always uh, they always end up in there for like two and a half weeks, three weeks. Like here's my question. I know that people say biweekly to mean twice a month, but why isn't that bimonthly? That's what I want to know because I've been asking myself that for ten years now. Yeah, I I, I think about this a lot. Actually. Yeah. Like, bi-weekly sounds like it should be twice a week. But then when people get paid every other Friday, it's bi-weekly bi-mo- pay. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. Or is it bi-monthly pay? Well, I guess it's bi- Well, I think... I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, like, the phrasing of it all. Like, bi-weekly reflects, like, something like... That, two of. Right. Yeah, the hyphen is the of, so it's, like, two of weeks. So Which I is... Guess, yeah, that makes sense. I think I was thinking, like... Something that happens twice a year is like biannually as opposed to every two years, which is like biennially or something. Like there's certain like Oh no, see I thought biannual meant that it happened every other year. One is like biennially like one is there's like two different like slightly biannually. Yeah, versus okay. biennially. I don't remember which one is which. I understand. But like I think there's just like a history of terminology there that I just don't fully understand. That's what I think, yeah. Right. Because I think like annual, a year, biannual, like twice in a year. That, oh, that's tough though, because when you said it like that just now, it made me think that it was every two years. Really? Like annual, one year. Okay. Because I meant it the opposite way. I know, but this is what it sounds like. Annual, uh huh. Once a year. Right. Biannual. Two years. That's right, yeah, yeah. It does, and I realize that. Okay, yes. But I think you're right. I think it is twice in one year. Right. Why couldn't it be... Why can't there be a Latin something for twice in one year? I, I bet there is. Biannual, occurring twice a year. Well, then what is every two years? Bi- biennial. Biennial. Biennial taking place every other year. Okay, but so that's still. I guess. So triennial, quadennial, pentennial. Cinquennial? Cinquennial. Yeah, you're right. It's not geometry. It's, it's <laughs> I, but I was like, I, I could be either one. I have no fucking clue. Well, the point is that uh, we are headed into a new annual. A new annual. <laughs> Happy end of the annual to you. We love you so, so much. And your annuals. Yeah, ooh, your annuals are fucking babe. Sounds gross. Good for you. Congratulations, listeners. It is. Cue the music. (laughs) We're looking at each other like, no, you go first. No, you go first. first. Why don't you go first then? Alright. Ha! 
I'm so sorry. Thanks, Ian. Oh, my God. I'm okay. It's okay. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I love my job, and uh, the kids have outgrown me. Aww. And so, in the nicest way possible, they let me go. I have some transition time. It's not that big a deal, but it was, um, it was sad. I believe it. I love kids. The thing is, though, the other thing I love most about my job is housekeeping. And Mm. I really think I'm I'm very good at it, and it makes me happy. I genuinely like cleaning and folding and picking up groceries and putting things in fridges. I I, I like that. Um, So maybe the next job could be some kind of personal assistant or housekeeper. so yeah it was it was my bosses are the absolute best i literally love them so friggin much it's like painful it like hurts me in my heart um that i like them this much because you should not like your boss that's the american way right exactly (laughs) this is america Right. I could feel uh, I could feel the kids growing up, which is tough, you know, like because the more they become my friends, the less I become their nanny. Exactly. Like you can sense the expiration date in a way. Yes. Um I I don't fear not having a job. I have a college degree, I have thirteen years experience as a babysitter and nanny. Right. Mm. or bittersweet about about a goodbye with a family before. All the other families I worked for, I either booked a show and had to leave them to go do a show, or it just really wasn't a good fit and I had to put in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I've never been, I've been laid off before from a retail job once, um, but I've never been let go from like a, a nannying job. Right. Right. I, I, it was not unexpected that these kids would outgrow me. They were getting older. Sure. But now they're like my buddies. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to hang. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I mean, we Snapchat each other every five minutes. Aw. So Good. But yeah, it was, it was a weird week. I was happy in a way that they don't need me anymore because mm-hmm. then I did my job. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I helped successfully push a kid into yeah. Like that that was a tiny little bit my doing. How old are they? Eleven. Uh-huh. In the sixth grade in mm-hmm. middle school and eight in the third grade in elementary school. Got it. Yes. And the eight year old is really the one that I spend the most time with now. Right. Um, but she too has so many activities she doesn't really need me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because she has a she has a full schedule, honey. She mm-hmm. is <laughs> And we're proud of you. Thanks, Phoebe. But I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad to go. Yeah. I'm sad to go. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, bummer. I love this band so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. In Manning, you either get really great kids or really great parents, but it is mm. very unusual to get both. Yep. And this really was like a jackpot of a job. I've talked about this job on the show now, the entirety of the show. Oh, yeah. I got this job like three or four weeks before we recorded our first episode. Right. It really has framed a lot of my experiences. And they kept you on when you were booking shows and stuff. Yes. Like, that's pretty great. I booked a couple shows, and they still had me back, which is the sign of a really, really gracious employer. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't gush about these people enough. I know that they know that I've talked about my job on the show before, but I always try to be, like, as vague as possible. Right. I still intend to be as vague as possible, but I... Nannying was a really big part of my life. It would have mm-hmm. been disingenuous to do the show this entire time without mentioning such a huge part of my life. Right. Such a, like, a formative part of every single one of my days. Of course. I'm with them Monday to Friday, you know? Like, this is my New York Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. So, it's sad, but it's also the right thing. Onward and upward. Onward and upward, honey. Oh, well, I hope you guys keep all keep in touch because... Just from like being like a third party and all this, and it's like, oh, that that just sounds really great. Like your situation was always like so, so like delightful from the outside. It really was. I, it's kind of insane. Like I know a lot of other nannies, and I'm in a babysitter's club, and the an actual babysitter's club. Yes, there are actual babysitters clubs. I know that now. I'm in the New York City babysitters club. Ooh, no. Oh, never. I couldn't find something to not like if I tried. Right. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Well, onward and upward. That's like the, that's the only way I can think of like interpreting it because like it's not, it's sad, but like there's, there's also like so much opportunity out there for you. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the truth, but as someone concerned with mental health, I don't like the phraseology of that right. idea. But I, I do feel that someone's looking out for the situation. That someone else has, someone else somewhere that else it's being taken care of has got this exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like the idea of like um, they don't give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. For some people, they have been given things more than they can. Handle. Right. And this is definitely not. Mm. Um, and, it, and to that point, it makes me really grateful that I have I have so much transition time between jobs. They gave me like six weeks' notice. Oh wow, that's really nice. Yeah, they did not have to do that, and um, that I have a healthy and happy life and a healthy and happy relationship with this job that is not wrecking my existence. Right. Yes. Yeah, because it could. You know, if I really one time. I gave two weeks notice to a job where the parent was literally verbally abusive to me. 
gross. Gross. Horrible. Horrible. Like, that's the kind of work environment that I know to be grateful for what I have now. Right. Yeah. Which, not that, like, everyone needs that, but, like, when you have that, like, it, it gives you the perspective yeah. down the line, even it though it sucks really, in the moment. Yeah, it really does. The perspective is so needed. Right. I'm someone who, I really worst case scenario everything. So I oh, absolutely. Yeah, same. I'm taking a first tangent. I just... Go. I don't know what just happened. Ian scratched the back of his neck, and he's wearing a baseball tee, and he tailored to him in a particular way. You look like Mike Birbiglia right now. I know. I am <laughs> a li- So, fun fact about that. That just really, I've never seen that. Wow, you look just like him right now. I mean, I love him. Um, oh, but He, what, I, um, he wasn't wearing it when I saw the show, but... In the promo, like in the uh, like all the photos, uh, the publicity photos for the new one, mm-hmm. he is wearing an outfit that I wore pretty much every day in college. Like this kind of t-shirt, like uh, blue jeans, like hair combed to the side. Like it's like it. It was just a photo of like me twenty years older up there, and I was yeah. like, that is hilarious. Well, that's what you look like in twenty years, Ian. You're gonna be hot. I I hope so. He is like I love him. Um, wow, that just, Ian, like, reached back to scratch his neck, and there was something about the posturing that I was like, whoa, just huh? washed over me. Oh, uh, well, I'll take that as a compliment. Well, you should. Thank you. you. I love him. I would really love to play his son in something. Like, that's some, this is me putting that out into the universe. <laughs> like, I want to play Mike Birbiglia's son in something. Ian right. Baby Birbiglia. Ba- baby Biggs. <laughs> um, all right, well, thus endeth. The, the first, first tangent. tangent. Right. Well, my job has changed. Well, thank you for sharing, and no, we got your back. Thanks, Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel good about it now that I've sat with it for a while. Good. I did cry a lot. Oh, I sure. It, it was embarrassing how much I cried, and Aww. I had to kind of just tell my boss, like, you know, I was the crier. Oh. Because I really, I was, I was really grateful that they gave me so much notice. Mm. Yeah, because oh, now nice. I can really strategize the next move. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh man. It's all happening. All Life. Right. It's your turn, my baby. It is my turn. Lee. I'm going to describe like a situation that happened this week, and Claire, feel, please feel free to like chime in on it and give your perspective. Because gotcha. um, it was like just sort of a blip in time but it stood it stood out to me okay. um you were affected i was affected yes so very this moment infected you i thought you were going to say this moment brought to you by infection um <laughs> this moment brought to you by vaccines get vaccines. get vaccines so this week i went to a dance class mm-hmm. and it was great um it was the teacher was someone who i like, grew up being choreographed by, like, in youth theater, and now he teaches at Broadway Dance Center, and that's, like, pretty friggin' rad. What happened was, on my way there, I'm listening to a podcast, 
and at I think it was at 145th, this dude sits down. I'm on the C train, and this dude sits down in the bench, like, on the other side of the door from me. Okay. And then the train starts moving, and then he gets up and sits down next to me. Okay. And so... Um, not homeless, like, but he does look a little off. He, around our age, I I think he's around our age, maybe a little older. Um, um, yeah, he was kind of bundled up, but like he looked a little worse for wear. Um, no, it was just him. Yes. Um, it was just him. Um, he looked a little, but he looked a little like dirtier, a little scraggly. Um, so um, then he sits down next to me, and I see in the reflection of, like, the subway door mirror across from me that he's, like, looking at me. Yeah. And, and so... Perpendicular to yours. Right. And so I look over, and I just kind of smile, and he's, like, he starts mumbling, honestly. Like, he's he was speaking very slow, like, very softly. And so I take out my AirPods, and um, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, just making conversation. And so he starts huh. asking me, like, what do you do? Where do you live? Like, um, he starts asking me questions about myself. And, like, again, he didn't seem, like, homeless or necessarily, like, like crazy, for lack of a better term. But if you live in New York City and a person comes up to talk to you randomly, right. there's normally something mildly off. That's it. There was a that was it. What? No, what news? And the only reason I would respond to someone talking to me is if they asked that question. Because then I think the president's going to assassinate me right. or something. And she goes, Maya Angelou died. And I said, oh, well, oh, that, I mean, that's sad. And she goes, I know, it was a huge thing since. And she started reciting to me. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and this started off, and I don't know why. Like, in New York City, it happens that, like, you strike up a random conversation sometimes with a stranger, or, like, you bump into someone and you have a little laugh about it, but this didn't seem like that. Yeah. And my instinct, and I feel a little bad about this, was to, like, take off my AirPods, put them in the case, put them in my pocket, take my phone, put it in my pocket. Because I... There's nothing... Okay, hold on. There's nothing wrong with that, Ian. Okay. If a stranger comes up to you on the train, no matter if they're friend or foe, mm-hmm. putting your items away is not... It, it's not... Maybe it's sending a message to them that you're being distrustful, but being protective of yourself, there's nothing wrong with that in this situation. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, Well, yeah, like, I didn't know if it was that. Go on. Yeah, no, the, the point is, I would never fault you for protecting your stuff. It literally, I could walk up to you on the train if we weren't friends, I could still pick pocket you. Right. Just because we're the same type of person, the same queer class, the same race, the same age, there's no right. reason for someone not to, not to hurt you here. I didn't want to assume, and I didn't want this guy to assume that I, I felt in danger, because I know that that not isn't necessarily the case but it was with people who are slightly off sometimes mm -hmm. if they sense fear in you then they start to ratchet up the situation right 
And because something like that happened recently at work, a person who was like, he showed like one of the people in the front, like a bracelet basically that said he was off his medication and he flat out like mugged a person in the store. Oh my God. Right. So that, that honestly stuck with me because I kind of like gathered my things and I was getting ready to get off the train Mm -hmm. just because the situation, you just know when a situation is off. Exactly. And especially because he asked where I work. Yeah. And I told him I, I work in tech. Um, so. And again, to be clear, and to anyone listening, if you live in a big city or a metro area, there is nothing to be ashamed about when you protect your stuff. It's like the same reason that you don't pull out a wad of cash at the bar. Right. You don't leave your phone on the waiter's side of the table. Not because the waiter's mm. going to take it, because someone could walk by and snap. I never thought of that one before, that, that second one. one. Is, it's super common. They get sold on, black, on tech black markets. Right. From phones that are stolen off restaurant tables. Huh. So just, like, watch your stuff. Yeah. I, again, Ian, I don't think you did anything wrong. You Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I was full-on getting ready to get off at 125th Street, but then he got off. So I – so, like, that was fine. But – I still spent, for some reason, the next, like, two stops thinking, like, what if it's not over? Like, what if he just went to, like, another... Like, what if he, like, he found the target, went to another, like, another car, and was ready to burst through to attack or something? Like, what if that was all a setup for something? And thank God it wasn't. Just... And and I'm sorry if I'm assuming the worst, but, like, thank God it wasn't. Um, And... Mm-hmm. tells me that that's not the most unreasonable thing to think about. Sure. When I go into big public settings, like whenever I'm at the movies now, I make sure I know where the exit is. Oh, 100%. Because I'm always expecting an active shooter situation. Right. And I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't think it's ridiculous to expect that now. No, not at all. you go, when I do when the I, same thing. Whenever I cross Times Square, I think about it. Right. I was Absolutely. In Times, I was in Times Square when that car drove into that crowd. Right. I do not think it is crazy to expect the worst of a situation. All right. Now, to be fair, I am obsessive compulsive with catastrophic thinking, and it's my understanding that I blow these things up way bigger than they need to be. And And to be fair, I come from a family of very neurotic stock, so I tend to blow things out of proportion in that way, that, like, we just, I just grew up not expecting the worst, but knowing to be careful. Right. Like, I don't think, and, I don't think it's crazy. And part of it was, like, am I, we, and this is kind of, like, a privileged discussion we've talked about on the show before, but, like, was I, like, was I safer because I was a dude? Um, in that situation, I don't think that your gender was playing a role from the way you're describing it. Mm-hmm. But had I been in your shoes and was expecting some kind of, like, repercussion from this situation or, like, a secondary chapter to it, I probably would have Okay. To, like, be near a guy. Right. To walk up to, uh, I've done this before, Mm -hmm. to tell a stranger girl, like, hey, I need your help right now. Okay. And I've been in that situation. One time I saw a guy harassing these female tourists on the street, kind of near Times Square, and he was like, hey, babe, like, where are you going? 
Right. Um, and they were like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I was like, well, yeah, like the, uh, the fans can't tell too much, but they can grab you because they will. Right. They fucking will. Yeah. And I've like, and I've had like dude friends who like step into a situation like that and like do kind of the same thing. Like, oh, ba-, like if they see a girl getting harassed, they'll be like, oh, babe, like I've been looking for you. Like, Right. It really would have helped me. Right. A lot of different times. And I've been in a situation before where, like, there was a guy on the train out of his mind mm-hmm. talking to different people on that train. Yeah. And there was that sense of, like, everyone sitting on the train kind of, like, sensing and looking around that we all were together. Yeah. Like, that we weren't just going to let anyone anything happen to each other. Yeah. But in this situation from this week, it was an emptier train. So I was kind of looking around, kind of seeing if anybody else was, like, seeing this. And, like, this was not nearly to the extent, but, like, I was definitely looking out for, like, who else is seeing this. And I'm sure I was was alone in that situation, but I don't think I would have been if necessary. Most New Yorkers are good people, and you can tell them that you're in a dangerous situation and they'll help you. Right. Right. Never. Um, actually, it makes me think, when I first moved to New York, I ran into my friend Emily at an audition, and I was like, hey, girl, how are you? And she was like, the craziest thing just happened to me this morning on the way here. My train wasn't running. I'm using Emily's voice. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell it better. Her train wasn't running out to her stop, so she had to walk 10 or 15 minutes to the next available station. Mm. And on the way, these two guys started following her. And she had just moved to Astoria, and if anybody knows Astoria, it is a grid pattern the same as Manhattan, but the streets and the avenues are both numbered the same. Right. I could live at the corner of 24th and 24th. It's very confusing. Yeah. And so she was, like, making extra turns, like, trying to get rid of these guys because if she walked to the train station, she'd get up on the platform and be up there by herself at, like, 5 in the morning. This was back in our non-union day. Right. And so she had to go to the audition really early, and she was like, I don't want to corner myself into, like, a dangerous situation. Of course. So she started walking the labyrinth of Astoria, but she got lost. Oh, God. And was like, and they were still following her. She made, like, eight turns, and they were still following her. And then all of a sudden, a car rolls up, and the window rolls down, and this girl leans out and was like, hey, bitch, I thought that was you. Oh, my God, get in. I'll give you a ride to work. And she gets in, and he's like, Aww. And so this girl and her driver took Emily to the audition. Aww. It was so nice. That doesn't happen. In, I mean, from what I see, that doesn't happen enough. And maybe it happens quite a bit, but it, it we got to look out for each other. Yeah, we really do. I mean, that show, What Would You Do, is like, it's still on because people want these things to happen. They want people to intervene in, right. in these situations. Yeah. And again, you did nothing wrong to follow Thank you. you Thank you. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's New York uh, City. It is. I love it so much. It is the best city on the planet. It's the most beautiful place to live, and the people are great, but sometimes, all the time, it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. Both things are true. Yeah. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. Right. I can enjoy the scenery and also worry about terrorist attacks. Right. Because 
that's just that's just our life. That's living in New York. That's living in New York. Yep. So, are you feeling better now? I am, especially because I I had such a fun dance class. Like that, like that kind of like made me forget all about it until like the next day when I was like, oh yeah, that happened. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, feel. But thank you for your perspective. I appreciate the perspective. Thank you. I affirm you. I affirm you. Yay. All right. Quiz, quiz time. time. Let's do it. Let's do, do it. The, the music. music. Claire Manship, what are you obsessed with this week? I am obsessed with an article I read back in the spring that I just reread last night, and Ooh. I realized Yeah. On its 10th anniversary back in April, they did an oral history with all the actors and the writers and uh, Paul Feig, the episode's director, of how the dinner party came to be out of the writer's strike. Right. And it is just a fascinating read. So if you love The Office as much as I do, go and find that. It's, it's in Rolling Stone. Did you tweet that or like did you retweet it recently? Because I only saw this for the first time recently. I didn't know it was from April. I Right, and I'm raising the roof. I'm raising the roof with my hands. Yes. I'm boosting it. Boosting the office. Yeah. Cool. Uh, three fingers up. Never have I ever had a Red Bull. No. All right. Not even in Gagabon, baby. Really? Yeah. All right. Never have I ever had a Monster Energy drink. No, I've never had an energy drink. Ever. Ever. You All right. Yourself. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying my best. Never have I ever fallen during a performance when I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So was I. So was I. It, yeah. God damn. The number of white kids who have done The Wiz in high school is so long. Oh my God. And then everyone was talking about, like, what if there was an all white The Wiz, racism, meh? And I was like, no. There was. It's called I, The Wizard of Oz. Right. And I was like, no, I, I lived that. I lived a white The Wiz. Oh God. It was Go yeah, on. My, my school, too. Except mine was on, was featured in a six month documentary series on 2020. Oh, yikes. Why? Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, you did tell me about that. Yeah, I got good you told me about that. I thought it was about you. Why did I think you were telling me about that when you were doing High School Musical? I did High School Musical in the summer, and then in the fall we did The Wiz. Got it. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, so, in The Wiz, the same as The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy throws the water on the Wicked Witch. In The Wiz, it's known, uh, her name is Eveline. Mm-hmm. She throws Brand new day. Which is a fantastic song. One of the best songs ever. And after Brand New Day hits the finale, there's a playoff of Brand New Day where they just like play the music again and the munchkins run off in like randomized order. And I used to stay on to do like a little double pirouette and then run off. And so it's like, can you feel Brand New Day? Can you? Whoa! Oh. One leg was like 
Oh, no. It was horrible. I literally was, like, hanging on the edge of the stage and then, like, scrambled on and then ran on. It wasn't like I fell off the stage, but it wow. was. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay. Actually, this past summer when I was doing that at Gaspar, my friend Mariah fell off the stage in a blackout. Oof. It was bad. She had the most spectacular bruise. It was horrible. No? Yeah. Spectacular bruise. Yeah, I'm thank God she's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I have fallen in the blackout. All right. <laughs> Never have I ever held the subway doors open for anyone. Yeah. Um, for myself and for others. Good for you. <laughs> Never have I ever been to Sweden. No. We're close. Uh, right. I'd love to. Never have I ever seen all of Friends, the no. the sitcom. What a horrible show. No. Really? It's a horrible show. Yeah? You, I like you it. Like, no. No. Why? See, I know why you like it because you also like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. These are why do you what, why do you not like them? First off, shows that start with a live audience and end mm-hmm. with a laugh track, not good. Okay. And the concept of friends is so annoying to me. I just Really? I, I just think the show if it was between all right, if we're looking at nineteen nineties NBC, right? Mm-hmm. Seinfeld and Friends. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch Seinfeld. Sure. Just Sure. Like, no one gives a fuck about Rachel Green. They love Jennifer Aniston. And when it comes down to it, like, the writing on the show is not good. Sure. Like, it's, it's not funny. I disagree. I find it funny. I mean, you are, are welcome to disagree. I just, I vehemently, I, I think Friends is a bad show. Okay. And That's I think, fine. I think it's been glorified in a way where it will live forever for the wrong reasons. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like, cool. Like, cool. Right. And David Schwimmer are. Okay. Just won't. Huh. Yeah. That, I think that's an interesting take on it. They will be talking about the actors in How I Met Your Mother, but not that that was their big thing. Right. Like Siegel and Neil Patrick Harris and all, and Kobe and uh, Josh, like because they, they all, all do have different things. Right. I don't. I don't disagree with it. Yeah. I just still love those. Uh, I mean, no, I like Friends. I love How I Met Your Mother. Um, okay. Even like even if it's. This could be a whole tangent of like how like they're products of their time and like we look back on them and see how problematic they can they were from our viewpoints now, but that's another yeah. conversation for another podcast on another day. I mean people were freaking out when Netflix was like, Look, it would cost us ten million dollars to keep uh or maybe it's like a hundred million dollars, but some crazy number to keep friends on for the year twenty nineteen. Oh, That's your Trump? Yeah. Got it. Well, it's more like it's more like this. You're saying it, we're saying it, they're calling it Friendsgate. Friendsgate! <laughs> Yikes! So people on social media and I have to agree, we're saying like, look, it's good that it gets off Netflix because then you can watch better quality television. Sure. Or just watch something else. Yeah. Um Yeah, so anyway, that is the end of my second tangent, my rant on friends. I'm okay with it. This <laughs> uh, never have I ever been to a baptism. Yeah, my own, and also 
Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, what are you watching and listening to? Okay. Listening, reading a book. Right. I'm, I'm not reading it. I'm listening to a book. How are you liking that? I love it, but I don't think Audible is worth the cost. I'm in my free trial right now. Okay. And I, I'm gonna maybe go back to reading books. Got it. Or maybe buying audiobooks one at a time. I'm not really sure because sure the the membership for Audible is very expensive. Got it. Yeah. Um, listening to a lot of Christmas music, a lot of holiday music. It is actually the season now. It is um i also watched recently um dumplin on netflix that look go on here's the thing and it's not because jennifer aniston is also (laughs) i don't think that dumplin is as good as everybody else thinks it is really i liked the trailer i i'm considering watching it i mean it's an interesting watch i found it engaging but Mm -hmm. i didn't find it enriching okay Um, Mm. I think stories about big girls finding their finding their voice is um, to comfort skinny people. Frankly, Re- I don't. <laughs> Real, what a lot yeah. Of stories are right. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't. And there's no makeover involved in Dumplin', so at least it doesn't go down that trope. Right. But there is. Um, it it still plays into some negative tropes that I think I think the dog whistling on this one would be mm. heard by curvy girls everywhere. Okay. Yeah. It, All right. It gives me a message that is not the same for everybody else. I pre- I appreciate your takes this like in this episode. Like I'm really uh, I'm really everything. loving the discussion. Yes. Um, um mostly my my just ranting. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm I'm fine with it. Um and I'm also doing so normally at Christmas time at, at uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas I'll rewatch Gilmore Girls, which I did right. a little bit of that back earlier in the fall, but I'm doing a rewatch of The Office right now, which this will be my maybe and it's really lovely to watch it at Christmas time because mm. the thing I love the most about The Office, a truly great show, in my opinion. Agreed. You know what? In the world's opinion, let's be honest. I love it. <laughs> the U.S. Office is a great show. Even in the latter seasons, they were producing, even in the seasons without Steve Carell, they were mm-hmm. producing such quality content that people were, I understand people were bitter that they missed Right. But it was still better than most of the other product on television. And you, you like those latter seasons. I, I like them. I don't love them. Sure. Um, but I, I respect them as good television. There's still good writing going on. The storylines are still active. The only, there's only one storyline that I think was unnecessary, but I understand why. Which one? Uh, when um, Spoilers for The Office U.S. Season 9. <laughs> Which, which is the one I happen to be rewatching because it's on Comedy Central now. Okay, yeah. so, when, so I've been waiting to talk about this with someone. When uh, Jim and Pam start to grow apart and they break the convention of the uh, mockumentary to mm. reveal how the documentary bled into their lives. Okay. Yes. In the end, I think it is wrapped up fairly well. And I think that it was important for The Office to 
take a look at what America's perfect couple is doing five years after getting married. Which I loved. And, like, the reason I loved season nine was that their arc, Mm -hmm. I, like, I never thought of that, what you were saying, like, with that breaking that convention. That's an interesting... Do you mean like with um including like uh what's his name like the camera guy and everything? The yes. Yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting. Yeah. I never I thought of that. that. It was necessary. Sure. Because I remember watching it live on TV and being, I mean, it was abhorrent mm. to see the show break its like most sacred tradition. Sure. And that's the the one thing that I take issue with. But when I watch it back, I'm like, it's not bad TV. I mean, clearly, I'm I'm affected by it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thus ended the third, the third tangent. All right. The third ranchant. The third ranchant. Yeah, and I recently saw Green Book. How was it? It was fantastic. Okay. When I was there with my best friend Eric, and when the movie ended, Eric turned to me and said, "I don't want it to be over." Aww. Yeah. So Cute. it was great. Great. Yeah, go see it. Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali. I think both of them will probably win. Cool. Mm. More on that to come. Yes. We'll know in just a few weeks. Yeah. We also will know who the fucking host is. Yeah, hopefully. There probably won't be one at this point. <laughs> right, which is a viable possibility. Yes. But who was the last person you texted? The last person I texted was friend of the show, Dipney Fieri. Right. And finally, who would you like to wish well this week? I would like to wish well my friend Rachel Wilkins. Hmm. Rachel and I went to governor's school together in the summer of 2008. And then we have since moved apart from one another. But we kept in touch over the years. um, And we still follow each other on social media. And she is a new mother. Congratulations. Yes, congrats. I, you know, you go through that weird phase in high school and college where you hear about that one random person from high school that had a kid, and you're like, wow, that's too young. Right. And then you're in your mid to late 20s now, and you hear about your 30-something friends having kids, and you're like, that makes sense. Right. But it was, it was, it was a pleasant uh, and exciting moment for me to learn that someone basically the exact same age as me, in just a completely different phase of her life, was genuinely intrigued by a 20-somethings, like, life journey that wasn't just, like, a struggle. It was, like, a right. really wonderful thing that happened to her. That's great. Yeah. So, congrats, Rachel. Congrats, and Rachel. Your cubs and Jabibi. 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 Ian Brodsky, what are you obsessed with this week? Oh, man, I am obsessed with The Sims 4. <laughs> it is, <laughs> I know. Uh, my roommate Morgan and I, like, we just found ourselves one day playing this game again, and I'm like, oh, I've been playing this for three hours now. Mm -hmm. Huh. It is addictive, and I love it. It is my staple. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, great. Yeah. I guess good for you. (laughs) Probably not, but thank you. Yeah, not. Three fingers up. Oh, boy. Never have I ever been to a Brits. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair. Nope, you're right. Question number two. 
down. Never have I ever drank Ovaltine. I have not. Never have I ever eaten mint Oreos. Down. I like them. They're like, they're like fine. They're like not completely toothpasty. Ouch I go. Ouch I, ouch I go. Ouch I go. Uh, question number three, what are you watching slash listening to? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on this one for a minute because I've been watching and listening to a lot of stuff that I've loved lately. Um, I'm rewatching the reruns of The Office as per our conversation. I watched probably one of my favorite stand-up specials ever for over the past week for the first time with Wanda Sykes's I'm a Be Me, her HBO special from 2009. Whoa. And it like she does a lot of like Obama having just been elected and like a lot of jokes about like first black president. It is so funny. She talks about her family and, like, treating herself to a spa, and she talks about getting a bikini wax. It's just so funny. She was like, yeah, she ripped it off me. I slapped the shit out of her. Like, like, even from, like, almost a decade ago, it was just, it holds up, and I just laughed so hard. Well, and the way Wanda Sykes talks really Right. Right, like her, just her, the way she speaks is so funny. She just I, has this, like, it's like a crackly inflection. Right. It's a crackle, yeah. It's a crackle. She's got a crackle. So, I was watching that. I am listening to a whole lot of Apple Music playlists. Great. Because I've been discovering new music. Um, if you have Apple Music, or if they have um, a similar version on Spotify, or wherever you stream your music, if you stream your music, look up uh, Piano Bar Playlist, Jazz Chill. And look up lo-fi hip-hop. And Can I add a couple to that? Yeah. Brunching and boozing. Mm. And cooking my grandma. Okay. That one is incredible. Cool. Yeah, so these are all playlists that I've been just, like, listening throughout my house when I want music around. Amazing. Um, yeah, and oh, and my final one that I'll add is Lily Allen has the best cover of Somewhere Only We Know by Keen. They used it in a commercial recently, didn't they? They, well, it was... There is another cover of that song, not hers, in a current commercial, but um, do you know, like, the John Lewis department store brand? No. Okay, so it's a big old department store in Britain. Oh, wait, Jean-Louis? Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I literally just learned about this I, on Thanksgiving. I saw it, John, J-O-H-N-L-E-W-I-S, but you're saying J-E-A-N-L-O-U-I-S. Am I? Jean-Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Big old apartment store in Britain, and in, like, 2014, they used her cover for, um, their, like, their Christmas time commercial, and their Christmas time commercials always, like, are just geared to make you cry. Mm-hmm. Like, we watched a whole playlist of them at Thanksgiving, and we were just bawling. Um, but her cover of Somewhere Only We Know is just so, it's so fitting for her, like, her light voice and like the kind of music that she produces it was beautiful and i'm obsessed with it amazing yeah lily allen i love her american boy girl i love her yeah she's amazing okay question number four who was the last person you texted um it was my parents hi honey. yeah hi. yeah do they still listen to the show i think so yeah i love them so right much. they're great they're the best i don't think my parents have ever listened to the show Aww. All right. Okay, and question number five, who would you like to wish well this week? I would like to wish well Donna Pernice. She is 
a second mother to me. My uh, daughter Um, her daughter Tony, who's like a sister to me, has recently just gotten engaged. Ooh. Yeah, and Donna and her husband Tony, um, are have welcomed me into their lives and have loved me unconditionally, and I have, I am so grateful for the like the kinship of it all and um I, I i'm just so they're just such delightful people and like it's funny because i've never i don't want to say i've never but like it is so easy to from my upbringing to dismiss people who think differently than you mm-hmm. like especially politically and these are people who i grew up with very different views on life and politics and like just a lot of different like schools of thought and it has never impacted how we see each other and how we love each other um and i'm going to be spending probably more time with them in the upcoming year or so as my oldest friend like plans her wedding so yeah yeah so donna 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 yeah and she's as of recently a new grandmother so it's been a very exciting year for her I have to ask. Grandmom. Grandmama. Grandmama. Mamo. Mamo. Abuhu. <laughs> Saba and Saka. No. No, they're not Jewish. They're not Jewish. Right. Do you call your grandparents Saba and Saka? Um, no. When I so fun fact, I never met my grandfathers. That's why I'm I'm oh. I'm named after one of them. Um, and uh, my mom's mother was always grandma. My dad's mother, who was the more Jewish side of the family, was Bubby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, we will do the plugs now. We will do the plugs. We will plug it in. We will plug and plug it in. And plug it in. in. All right. uh, You can find me at Womanship on Twitter and Snapchat, clairemanship.com, and facebook.com slash Julia And if you want to find me, I'm at Ibroski on Twitter and Instagram, and Brodsky Ian on Facebook. And make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, being SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Yes, hopefully more platforms to come yeah. in the new year. Well, yeah, let's find out. Yes. So, until next year, I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And that, and that was the thing that happened this week. Bye! Happy New Year! Ding.